While most of the world is celebrating New Year's Day, we here in Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings and the Sacramento Kings fan base are celebrating Groundhog's Day. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. I am your host, Damian Barling, and I am so happy uh, that you have allowed the Sacramento Kings podcast. We're so happy uh, that you've allowed HoopBall to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. Uh, I wish we were covering something better. The Sacramento Kings suffered their 522nd loss of the decade. That is by far the most in the NBA over the last 10 years. They suffered their 22nd loss of this season and now move to 10 games under 500. They're 12 and 22 on the season after a 105 to 87 loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. No Patrick Beverly, no Lou Williams for the Clippers. It didn't really matter. They still have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, Doc Rivers, and a championship worthy team. No Bagley uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, no win either. Eight straight losses. That's the bad news. The good news. I can't believe I'm about to say this. It's very real. Hey, we're trying to be optimistic headed into 2020. If you're not listening on, on Tuesday, it's 2020 already. New year, new me, right? Let's be optimistic. Let's find the positives. Well, here are the positives. And quite honestly, they're pretty plain. The Sacramento Kings right now at this exact moment, 10 games under 500, 12 and 22 on the season, are both three games out of last place and three games out of eighth place. So... One solid win streak, and the Sacramento Kings are right back in it. Uh, Again, appreciate you so much uh, for tuning in. We'll get into the particulars of this game. We'll get into Luke Walton's latest. Well, here's what we did right press conference uh, in just a couple of minutes as well. But again, just want to take a quick opportunity uh, as we close out the years, we close out the decade, but particularly want to focus on this year uh, for all the support that you have shown uh, Aaron Bruski his tremendously talented team over at uh, hoop-ball.com. Thank you for all the support that you have showed uh, the HoopBall Podcast Network. Thank you for all the support that you have shown the Sacramento Kings Podcast. And thank you for all of the support that you have shown me, uh, both here on the Sacramento Kings Podcast uh, and on the podcast with Damian Barling as well. Uh, The newest episode of that is planning to drop, by the way, for those who listen to the daily podcast. And this one will be coming up on Monday. I believe that is uh, January 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there may be a surprise January 6th, a new episode Monday, January 6th. Uh, there might be a surprise episode uh, before then, but uh, I just have to, to wait and see there. But point being, thank you for all the support that you've shown us here. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And if you haven't left us that five-star rating, it's really important, particularly there on Apple Podcast. If you wouldn't mind, I promise. The the rating, the, the five stars, it takes a split second. It won't deviate from your party time uh, at all tonight. If you, you don't even have to exit the app. Just keep listening to us. Head over. Hit the five stars. Boom. You're in the game. If you have an extra 60 to 90 seconds and you want to leave us for review, a review, that would be awesome. Uh, And if you see the description there of this podcast, uh, you can also see the link to MyBookie, uh, mybookie.ag. You could go over there to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is 
uh, one of the most trusted uh, sports gambling sites in the industry. So if you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend or for the NBA season, uh, mybookie.ag is a place to go. You can pull your bets together. You can get some massive payouts. Uh, MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000. If you deposit $100, you'll get a extra $50. That's free money to play with, but you got to use the promo code SAC, S-A-C. Use the promo code SAC to activate that offer uh, and get some extra cash from my bookie. Uh, it's free money, people. Use it. S-A-C, SAC. That's the promo code. Bet, win, get paid over at my bookie. And, well... Many of the Kings get paid. Uh, they just can't seem to win. As we await Luke Walton's press conference, uh, we tell you in the 522nd loss of the decade for the Sacramento Kings, this game started out rough. This game very bad. And I feel like this happens regularly in games that start really early. You know, this was a 2 o'clock start here for two West Coast teams, which, you know, it... it if you if if you know anything about basketball players, you know these guys are regimented. Do not break them from their normal routine. Do not break them from their pregame meal. Do not break them from their nap, man. They are a regimented group of athletes. And this game started at, oh, man, these guys are off of their routine. Uh, the two teams combined to miss somewhere around 100 shots in the first five minutes. I might be exaggerating a little bit. Not it might be. Um, it felt like the quarter was going to end in the teens. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's ultimately how the fourth quarter ended. Yeah, the fourth quarter ended 17 to 14 in terms of the individual breakdown of the quarter. It felt like that's what the first quarter was going to end like. These two teams just couldn't find a rhythm. And then about five minutes in, uh, the pace, <laughs> I use that term very loosely, the pace kind of picked up for both of both teams. The, the, the shot started to fall a little bit. Uh, it felt like everybody got warmed up. They got into a rhythm. They discounted the fact that it was probably, you know, 217 or 220 uh, in the afternoon at that point. Uh, and they just got rolling there. The Clippers took a 28 to 25 lead uh, into the second quarter. And that was about as close as it got. That it, 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 it really opened up. That three-point lead quickly became a 10-point lead for the Los Angeles Clippers as their defensive pressure mounted, you know, there, there was a, a little bit of good news, you know, in that that first part of the game, and it was Buddy Heald, who, you know, Buddy is, he's been playing as a whole terribly lately. He had, he's been shooting awful lately, and he he started the game four of five. You know, to, to, yeah, I mentioned it was a uh, twenty-eight to twenty-five. Uh, unfortunately, I think it was thirty-seven to twenty-seven at one point. Twelve of the twenty-seven had come from Buddy Heald. He was 4 or 5 at the time, and you're looking at this as a Kings fan. I don't know where this game is going. Clippers are very much a title contender. For my money, the Los Angeles Clippers are going to win the NBA championship. And you're looking at this like, okay, maybe they're not going to be able to do that thing where they're down by double digits the whole game, and then suddenly with four minutes left, the game is really, really close. It looked like that might happen, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it didn't materialize. If nothing else, you were going to take away from this. Okay, maybe Buddy's found that stroke. Maybe he's gotten to a rhythm. Maybe he's feeling good. And then it was no, that, that's kind of that that is virtually midway through the second quarter. That is where all the good news ended as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings with one notable exception. You know who it is and we're going to get to him in just a minute. 
but I mentioned Buddy was four or five at that time. He missed his next five shots, uh, and he just he didn't shoot well the rest of the game. Again, I told you he was four or five to start the game. He was three of 14 for the rest of the game. Just bad. You know, him and Harry Giles led the team in turnovers. In uh, Willie, this game ended midway through the second. I mentioned the bright spot. You know who it is. He is the bright spot in every single game. He has been the lone bright spot of this dreadful Sacramento Kings season, and it's Rashawn Holmes, uh, the crowd favorite. Rashawn Holmes, uh, you know, the two most popular guys in Sacramento Kings uniforms are Rashawn Holmes and Harry Giles. That's pretty amazing. One, it's amazing because it speaks to the Sacramento Kings fan base. It speaks to the type of players that the Sacramento Kings fans attach themselves to. Harry Giles is a guy that everybody roots for. I, to, to the best of my knowledge, at least in the audible portion, and you're welcome to disagree with me here on the text line. You know you could connect with me anytime. I'm not much into social media anymore. I'm available on Instagram. I don't really check Twitter the way I used to. I try to check it once in a while to respond to direct messages and all that. But you could connect with the show anytime, day or night at 916 888 5898. That's a text line. It's basically my phone number. It comes directly to me. You can connect directly with me. 916-888-5898. And you're welcome to disagree with this, but it sure doesn't feel like the fans of the Sacramento Kings and the fans of the Golden One Center uh, really care too much about this explanation that the Sacramento Kings front office or coaching staff has leaked out to their strategically placed sources in the media about uh, the shape that Harry Giles is coming during the offseason. Now, that's something that's been reported by a number of people. It's something that James Ham talked about with us on this very same podcast when we were talking about the enigma that is Harry Giles. When we couldn't get access as media people, we couldn't get access, or I should say they couldn't get access to Harry Giles. No one was able to talk to him. And it was James Ham that came onto this program and said, you know, here's why the front office is isolating him or the, the, the coaching staff. Here's why the organization is, is, is kind of isolating him away from the media. And here's what's happening. Here is what happened. Here's what got us to this point. Normally when things like that happen, you get a, you get kind of a reaction from the fan base. You see it right now with Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman has been outplayed out of the rotation by Rashawn Holmes. And that is a thousand percent the right decision. Dwayne Dedman, he's a competitor. He wants to play, and I think Dwayne Dedman is going to land on a team. I think he's going to land on a contender. I have a particular contender in mind, and I think if he lands on the team that I'm thinking of, he's going to do very, very well for that team. He doesn't fit here. It was a miss by the front office. Uh, It was a miss by Dwayne Dedman's representatives. But the fan base has turned on him now because he said, yeah, you know, like I don't play here like – I'd like to go some like I'd, I'd I'd like to be traded, and it's funny that Kings fans get upset by that, or a portion of Kings fans get upset by that because it's like, dude isn't playing anyways. Like, what does it matter? You should want to move Dwayne Dedman because this is Rashawn Holmes' spot now. Like, Rashawn Holmes is the guy, so it doesn't really matter if Dwayne Dedman is in a Sacramento Kings uniform or not. He's used sparingly, if at all. Let him go. But you're not supposed to publicly say that you want to be traded. But, you know, with all of that stuff, it feels like that. It, 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 no one, like Kings fans as a whole, and I'm not, not speaking about, you know, in pockets or, or groups. I'm just speaking, you know, in general. It doesn't feel like they've, you know, turned on Harry Giles. How dare Harry Giles not come into shape this offseason? How dare he not take his offseason seriously? 
It's like, no, it's actually quite the opposite. It's like, hey, man, we kind of love this guy, and we'd really like to see him in a Sacramento Kings uniform moving forward. We're not ready to give up on him. And I understand that he was a risk when you drafted him, but we really don't want to give up on him. And, you know, the Kings front office has, and it's 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 going to be really difficult. I don't want to say impossible, but it's going to be really, really difficult for Harry Giles to be in a Sacramento Kings uniform uh, next season. But I just think it's amazing, and it, and it speaks to the passion of this fan base that the two most popular players on the floor are Rashawn Holmes and Harry Giles. You know, on a night-to-night basis, those are the players who regularly get... You know, Harry Giles, you would think Harry Giles had a monster game tonight by the way the crowd was reacted to him. He played 17 minutes, six points, three of eight shooting. He was not good. He turned the ball over three times. He had as many made field goals as he had turnovers. Didn't bother the Kings crowd. Not one single bit. They were all about that young man. They were all about Harry Giles the third. Uh, there were a lot of things that I took away from this game that there's just, you know, if you go back into the archives of this podcast, and I don't know, we're at the point now where the team is 10 games under 500. I had a vision of how I wanted to do these podcasts. And I had a vision that, you know, let's do something different. All right, let's do a post game show. It's a little bit different. There's, you could find a million Kings podcasts. And as I mentioned, we're really grateful that you picked this one. I thought, you know, we do something different. We'll have coaches sound, you know, immediately after the game, people will be able to listen, you know, 25 to 30 minutes following the game. This is good stuff. This is a good idea. And, you know, now 10 games under 500, like, I don't know how much of the actual breakdown of a game I'm supposed to do here at this point. The Kings lost, man, and they lost by a lot. You know, they outscored the Clippers 33 to 31 in the third quarter. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, again, he was leading the way. The lead stayed around 13, 14, 15. It felt like it was 20 because the Kings just couldn't, like chip into it until about the eight minute mark, the lead of uh, the eight minute mark of the, the fourth quarter lead got cut to 11 Kings had the ball. Harry Giles came away empty on back-to-back possessions on the offensive end, but the defense held up Luke Walton called timeout on the third possession in which the Kings got a stop and they couldn't get a score. And you're thinking, okay, and out of timeout play, this would be good. You get into single digits, maybe one more stop, you're going to get the crowd hot on their feet, and maybe, maybe, I go back to what we're celebrating here at the beginning of the show, maybe it's Groundhog's Day again for the Sacramento Kings. The question is, will this be a close loss or a close win? But they come out of timeout, and they couldn't score again on back-to-back possessions where the Clippers didn't score, and then before you knew it, that 11-point deficit became an 18-point deficit, and it really was in the blink of an eye. The, the Clippers gave them a window to get back into this game. I mean, to really, really get back in this game, and they weren't able to do it. That 11-point lead became an 18-point lead, and that, that was the game. With about four and a half, five minutes left, that was it. This game was over. The Kings weren't going to get any closer. Uh, The Kings weren't going to have another run in them. And the uh, Los Angeles Clippers were going to move to a 24-11 and record. The Clippers right now uh, sitting in the third spot of the Western Conference with the Los Angeles Lakers still leading the way at 26-7. and The Denver Nuggets, who the Sacramento Kings just saw a couple of days ago at 23-9. and Then you have the Clippers at 23-11. and uh, the Houston Rockets at 22 and 11, and the Dallas Mavericks at 21 and 11. And then once you move a little bit further down and you see the San Antonio Spurs, they're occupy, occupying the eighth spot. I know it's very early to talk about playoff positioning, but the head scratching nature of the Western Conference, there are the San Antonio Spurs at 13 and 18. 
again, just three games ahead of the Sacramento Kings, who sit at 21 and 12. Uh, and they're just three games ahead of the Golden State Warriors, who are 9 and 25. Sacramento Kings shot 28.6% from three point range. Bogdan Bogdanovich was particularly awful in this afternoon's game. And I had mentioned, you know, there, there, there's a couple of other, you know, deeper dynamics I want to get into as it pertains to this team. But before we do, let's hear what Luke Walton has to say. Well, we talked about um, <clears throat> whose will was going to win out. That was kind of the, the pregame message. We want to play, you know, fast. We know that this is a really good half court. Uh, it's a really good defensive team. Uh, they're big. They're versatile. Uh, they're, they switch pretty much everything, keep people in front, make it tough to, you know, create angles. Um, and they won out. They won out, really. I mean, we, we, you know, there was a couple stretches. We kind of got out and, and went and... Um, but for the most part, they kept us at a distance, and they uh, they showed why they're one of the top teams in the league. And uh, you know, we gotta we gotta learn from it, uh, keep working, build, and uh, twenty you know high expectations for twenty twenty. It's gonna be a be- it's gonna be a better year. Twenty twenty is so. Uh, I thought. Rashawn was very solid again. I thought Buddy's effort um, was really good again as far as the things we talked to him about, uh, as far as being locked in on defense, communicating, um, looking to, to make create for others, all those type of things. I thought he did a really nice job of again. But overall, they, uh, you know, they... They, they, you know, they, they kind of pushed us around out there, and and they had their their their, their way. So uh, give them give them a lot of credit. Katie Hunter, Kings TV. You look at the second and the fourth quarters offensively, seventeen points, then fourteen points. What were you seeing um, as kind of the issue with you guys being able to score the basketball? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll go back and watch the tape on it. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, that's seventeen and fourteen. That's I mean, we're, we're too good of a team to put up those type of numbers. So uh, I gotta go back and, and take a closer look at that. I know that the Clippers' second unit is the best in the league, but um, for you guys, it, it seems like as the injuries have kind of continued to pile up, that the bench unit gets more and more depleted. Twenty points from them. How can you? manufacture more points from that second unit to kind of help things um i think it's a lot of it is we're we're struggling with some with different groupings because those groupings keep changing um and people's roles are kind of changing uh with guys coming in and out of the starting lineup um so that you know it feels like occasionally we get out there and there's there's not a there's not a, a, a chemistry flowing with, with certain groups, so we gotta, you know, we gotta keep looking into that and, and figure out how we can put our players in the best position uh, to succeed. Um, and we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Luke, Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. Obviously, in this stretch of eight games, um, things in the league can change rather quickly. What do you want your guys to kind of know as you turn the calendar amid this, kind of in the middle of this uh, streak to, to know that, you know, what you see on the horizon for them? Yeah, that, that um, you, you know, it's... No, no one's, you know, no one's coming to save us, but but our group, you know, you know, that's what we do. We talk about not letting outside noise in, distractions and whatnot. You know, this is you know, 
similar to how it felt it felt to start the year. I think we're much further along. Unfortunately, we're not winning games right now, um, and I and I do believe we're going to start winning them again very soon. Um, but we have to we have to you know come together, and we got to be stronger, mentally stronger, uh, physically stronger, and 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 fight our way out of it. And that's the only way to get out of out of this type of, of slump that we're in. And we've done it before, so I. Very, I'm very confident that we're going to do it again. Luke, James Ham, NBC Sports. Um, it's taking seven, eight seconds to get the ball across midcourt half the time. When, when do you get this team to really start running and moving faster? I mean, it's, it was their identity last year. It seems like there should be a way to sort of turn up the volume quickly. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. Um, and it's something we're tracking. And it's something that is... Uh, we're not doing that at a, at a high enough level right now. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep we'll get better at it. Look, uh, Jason Jones, the athletic kind of follow up net. You said you know in terms of the running and trying to balance everything. And over the course of a season where you don't have as much practice time, how do you implement something like we want to play faster or we want to do this when you don't have the practice time and you really don't want to run the guys' bodies where I'm out in the practice just trying uh, to get them ready to do that? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of teaching in the film room. Um, it's a lot of, uh, you know, staying on, showing the individual clips to the guys. Um, Talking about the spacing, all, I mean, it's all the, it's all the same stuff. We we got to be more, uh, we have to be more dedicated to it. But you know, part of part of you know, we, we want to get to James's point. We want to get across half court fast. That doesn't mean we want to take a fast shot. So I think right now, sometimes we we struggle with the difference between playing fast and still, no matter what, wanting a good shot once we get down there. So I I agree. We have to get the ball going faster down. Uh, to get into what we're running. And then if it takes 24 seconds to get the shot off, then it takes 24 seconds to get a good shot. Um, but there are too many possessions right now that we're kind of casually bringing the ball up and we got to, you know, we got to, uh, you know, continue to be aware of that and, and get better at that. Thank you, everybody. That's a wrap there. All, all of this talk about pace feels like lip service. And I don't mean in the, as it pertains to James Hamm and, 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 and Jason. I mean as it pertains to Luke Walton. I feel like Luke Walton would prefer, and, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like Luke Walton would prefer to just stand in front of the media and say, hey, once for all, we're not going to run. Please stop asking. I thought that was a great question by James Hamm. I thought it was a great follow-up by Jason, and I hated Luke Walton's answer. And I feel like I've been you know, talking down almost to Luke Walton a little bit too much on this podcast, and I don't mean to, but I just, we're head, you know, we're in the new year now, right? 2020, well, like, what do we want to do? So, a lot of people have fitness goals, right? I've got fitness goals. Okay, so is if, if I'm going to take Luke Walton for what he just said right there, if I understand this correctly, if I want to be faster, right, my training at Game Fit, uh, my training for my overall health and fitness, just my training to show off for Instagram. I don't know, whatever. I want to be faster. What I need to do is sit down and watch tapes of Usain Bolt and Carl Lewis. Because that is, I mean, Luke Walton's talking about, oh, yeah, we're, you know, as Jason kind of, Jason Jones kind of pressed him there. 
on the question about, well, how are you going to implement speed at a time where you, you really don't have time to practice? You don't want to wear these bodies, these guys' bodies down as we get into the, you know, we get into the second half season and as freaking outrageous as it sounds, I wasn't kidding. The Kings are three games out of the eight spot in the playoffs. If they remain three games out of it is, you know, if they remain within striking distance, no matter how bad they might be in two or three months, are, you're not going to be implementing a, 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 a speed game plan at that time, are you? And are you really going to be doing it by watching? What are you going to do? Go back and watch film from last year? Because there ain't a game that you can put up from this year and go, hey, guys, let's do that. There's, there isn't any, there's, you know, I don't, what film is Luke Walton talking about? And if he's talking about last year, like, hey, guys, let's go back to what you did under Dave Yeager. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's not going to happen. Like, it has to be a game from this year, and it that game doesn't exist. Even the Phoenix game, they weren't running in the Phoenix game. Now, maybe you could go to the games in India. I mean, they certainly were running up and down the floor against the Pacers. I mean, I guess you could go back to that if you wanted to. You'd see a lot of very unfamiliar faces on the floor, but, I mean... Or maybe you just tap into De'Aaron and go, hey, De'Aaron, buddy, bogey, just ah, do what you did last year. Ah, let's just run. We don't got to practice it. Let's just run. Let's go. Just, just go do that. I don't know, man. I was going to mention before we went to Luke Walton, we'll wrap this thing up. I know people got some celebrating to do, and maybe you're not listening on New Year's Eve. Maybe you're listening on New Year's Day. Maybe you're listening on January 3rd. I don't know. I just appreciate you listening, period. Remember, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SAC, S-A-C, to get free money. Um... Free money to play with. They're not going to send you a check. I'm talking about free money, free money to play with here on the sports book, mybookie.ag. There's a link in the description of the podcast. Use the promo code SAC. Use the promo code SAC. Trevor Ariza's play today was really glaring because it was so bad. And, you know, you talk about. <laughs> talk about adding you know veterans to a unit and it's just like you know we talked about this again you could go into the archives before the season started of this podcast and us trying to kind of put some things together like is this is a reason the guy like this is like we know they made a commitment to defense and I questioned it and I think Luke Walton uh had an exclamation point here you know several games into the season there was a point where the Kings were maybe two games under 500 I think hey man this team is better than they were last year they're playing and winning in an entirely different type of fashion, and, and, and the type of fashion that they were playing and winning in uh, was better for long-term success. Okay, that's my bad. That's an L for me. Uh, but maybe the losses that came late in the season for the Sacramento Kings are just coming earlier in the season this time. I, I don't know. But, I you know, you look at Trevor Ariza and the way that he played today, and you, you know... Dwayne Dedman played his way out of the lineup. At what point does Trevor Ariza play his way out of the lineup? Now I understand Buddy can't, you know, shoot his way out of the lineup, and I think this was referenced in a Sacramento B column uh, where Jason Anderson was talking to Dwayne Dedman, and he was, you know, there are other guys having shooting slumps, and he mentioned Buddy and Bogey, and I think he mentioned a few other guys, and maybe, you know, the references of Bagley's few games where he wasn't particularly playing well. I kind of laughed here listening to the broadcast where – Oh, geez, I can't wait for, you know, Marvin Bagley to come back. And it's like, why? And, and, no, I, I can't wait for Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley to come back either. But does is anybody listening to this podcast think Marvin Bagley is going to be a difference maker for the Kings? Like, let's not forget, like, the amount of games that he played. He wasn't good. 
and he needs to, now he just needs to get on the floor and have reps. And I'm at the point now where I'm not convinced that Marvin Bagley should be in the starting lineup. He clearly needs reps. Him missing 22 games, 23 games, it it took a toll on him, and and as it should. I'm not criticizing him for that at all. It, it would you know you miss work for 23 days. It's gonna take you a minute. Like we shoot, we come back from a three day weekend, and it's like oh man. I got to get back in the flow again. Well, imagine missing, you know, 23 games. I don't know how many actual days of work that was for Marvin Bagley. It's going to be difficult for him to get back in the flow. He's just, you know, he's getting back to work under a pretty big microscope. I'm not sure. Like I originally thought, hey, you got to put him into the starting lineup and let him get a feel for the team and let him get into a flow. And then they put him into a starting lineup and he couldn't get into a flow. And then he got hurt again. So it's like, what? what do we do with Marvin Bagley when he comes back? And is he even going to be a difference maker? Doesn't even matter. Is this a lost season for Marvin Bagley? And I don't have an answer to that. That's a legitimate question for you. And I guess on that cheerful note, that's, that's where we'll say goodbye to the 2000s. How do you even reference this? You have the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. I guess this is the 2010s. That doesn't even have a, that doesn't even sound cool. Like, oh, man, the 80s. Yo, that's where it's at. Yo, I'm a 90s baby. That's what's up. The new Jack Swing. Oh, yeah, I'm in the 2000s. Okay, yeah, I'm in the 2010s. What? That doesn't even have a cool connotation to it. But we're saying goodbye to him. And it was quite a decade to forget for the Sacramento Kings with threatened moves to Los Angeles, Virginia Beach, Las Vegas, Seattle, Golden One Center is built, and it is a temple for a 12-22 and 22 basketball team. Hopefully, the new year brings better results for the Sacramento Kings, because quite honestly, it can't get that much worse. Can it? Kings lose today against the Los Angeles Clippers, 105-87. to 87. Eight straight losses for the Kings. They're now 12-22 and 22 on the season, as we mentioned. The losingest, I don't know that that's a word, but I keep using it. The losingest decade, uh, the losingest team in the last decade in the NBA. 522 losses this decade for the Sacramento Kings. Good riddance to the 2010s if you're a Sacramento Kings fan. Again, thank you so much for your support of the Hoopball Podcast Network. Thank you so much for your support of the Sacramento Kings Podcast. If you're listening here on New Year's Eve, have a fantastic night tonight. Please be safe. Use Uber, use Lyft, uh, walk, do whatever you got to do. Just be completely safe. There's no excuse for a DUI uh, here in 2019 as we ring in 2020. Plenty of ways to get around and still uh, have quite the festive evening so be safe we expect to have you back here listening when the sacramento kings return to basketball in 2020 with their first game coming up i don't know how many of you can tell i'm stalling for time to get to the schedule coming up on thursday against the memphis grizzlies at the golden one center again have a tremendous new year thank you so much for being with us we will see you on thursday here on the hoop ball podcast network